Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. I don't have to always be in control. Matter of fact, Things don't always go so well when I am in control. There's humility that happens. There are people who are smarter than you. There are people who have different perspectives than you. So your ego's got to die. You know, humility has to come in. Notice how to say your anger had to die. You just got to regulate it. You've got to use it when necessary. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. I'm super glad that you're here with me today. Question for you, in your day-to-day life, are you perceived as an angry woman? So whether it's in your business your career, your volunteer work, or even at your kid's PTA, do people think you're a little hot? Yeah, now I don't mean hot and sexy, okay? I'm talking about hot and bothered, a little steam under the collar, as they say. Well, I had a very honest conversation with Leslie Lyons, founder of Bombshell Movement Studio in Chicago, about how she's been perceived as an angry woman and how she's navigated those perceptions and her own personal growth. Now, if you're not familiar, Bombshell Movement Studio is what is called a sensual dance and movement studio focusing on raising your confidence, your strength, and your self-awareness. Okay, now let's just cut through all that fancy language because it's pole dancing. That's what it is. And Leslie calls herself a Christian. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my. This is one of the most fun interviews I have had in so long, and I just love Leslie's honesty and desire for personal transformation. And when you start listening to this conversation, I guarantee you, you're going to think of a couple friends who would benefit from hearing from Leslie. So I want to encourage you to share this episode with them. You can pull out your phone, screenshot the image of your podcast app, and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Leslie Lyons. Well, Leslie, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, David. I'm excited to be on. Yes. So I have been doing a little digging and you talk about anger quite a bit here. And so I just wanted to start off, you know, get it right off my chest from the very beginning. The question of, are you an angry woman? Let's just even push the envelope even more. Are you an angry 
black woman. Like that's really <laughs> intense. Okay. And why or why not? Give me the answer here. Yeah, totally. Do I feel anger in my body? I guess it depends on the day, right? I am very careful to not be defined or find my identity in emotional things. So do I have anger in my body? Absolutely. In full transparency and for the purpose of this conversation, I am categorized in the Enneagram as an eight wing seven. So I am in the anger triad for sure. Mm. Um, so do I call myself an angry woman? No, unless I'm angry, <laughs> unless I'm angry. Do I find myself, do people, this is probably a better way to say it. Do people perceive me, especially since you threw in the angry black woman thing, do people perceive me as angry? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. And why would you say that people perceive you as angry? Help me understand this. Yeah. So through the lens of the Enneagram, this is a great tool to give some language to it. An H has very big energy. And so when I come into a space, I quickly take a position of authority. I quickly step into positions of who has the authority. I'm looking to see who has it. Do I need, do they rightly have it? I'm making some judgments about it. And do I need to assert myself? And so that type of energy comes across very confrontational Mm -hmm. to people. And especially if it's your first time meeting me. And so I think that just that forthright, big energy, loud tone of voice, animated hands, direct eye contact for a lot of people. It's intense. David is what it is. Purple fingernails purple fingernails that look like they could stab me or take my eyes out. Okay. I'm just saying (laughs) that too. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you come in and there's a lot of energy. People are like, who the heck is this woman? What is she, you know, maybe you ask a question and it's like, well, what is that question all about? Why is she asking? I'm assuming that questions are involved in that whole discovery process as you walk into a room. Um, Oftentimes, apes are truth tellers. And so we can sniff out BS very quickly. Okay. And a matter of fact, we're hunting for it. It's kind yes. of like heresy hunters. Like, yeah. like apes are like BS hunters. Like yeah. we are constantly hunting for dishonesty. Okay. And so oftentimes, and before I encountered the tool of the Enneagram, I didn't realize this about myself, but oftentimes I'm pushing confrontation. Hmm. because I feel intimacy there. And once I feel like I can trust you, now you can experience me in another way. But until I feel like I can trust you, I'm going to push you. So those questions are direct questions. You know, they're not PC dinner questions, David. Like the things that people would ask you six months from now after you and I've known each other better. Sure. And eight will often ask you, or an angry woman will often ask you those questions day one. Okay. Like first conversation. Give like me some intimate. questions. Give me some questions. Like if we yeah. just met, if we just met somewhere at like a mixer or something and we connected, like what would you be asking me? I know what I'd be asking you, but go ahead. Yeah. It depends on where we were, right? Um, so for example, let's say we're in a ministry setting. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, you were involved in some church plants. Yes. Okay. 
one of my questions would be, well, why did you decide to plant your own church as opposed to being an elder on somebody else's church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that feels judgmental. Jeez, why are you it asking does. that? It does. It does. No, it but does. it's that, but I understand because I ask very intense, direct questions as well. I'm a one on the Enneagram, so I'm looking for justice. Like that's more my thing. Like, is everything just here? Is like is this working out? You know. Um, so I ask a lot of questions of people and sometimes they'll feel interrogated. They'll be like, Are you a cop? Like, what's going on? I'm like, No, no, no. I just I'm just curious, like, oh, well, how did you, you know, I think it's why I like podcasts because I can ask any question I want almost, you know what I mean? Because I'm just seeking and it's all seeking to understand, seeking out of curiosity um, or seeking to help the person. I find that those are the reasons why I ask the questions and they'll be like, why? I was, I was on a trail um, by my house and my wife and I have seen this couple a number of times out walking and we've talked a couple of times and I asked, I actually said, I want to have, she's a, she's like a food blogger and it's like veggie, all vegetarian stuff. And I said, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have her on the podcast about her business. And so I see her and her husband walking and I said, Hey, I would, I know this is kind of out of the blue, but I would love to have you on the podcast. And she's like, we just spent the last hour walking around saying how much I hated my business and didn't want to be in it. And I was like, okay, I rescind my offer then. You cannot be on it. But so, you know what I started doing? I started digging and going, well, what do you not like about it? What do you do like? What? How much money are you making on it? Oh, well, if you don't need that money, you could, you know, and they're like, geez, they just got a business consultation for free on the trail, you know? Intense questions. But I'm hearing you say you ask the intense questions because you've discerned like, am I, can I trust you? Like, that's one of the things that you're looking for. Yes. Here's something I'd like to add to that. So ones, because you also live in the anger triad, my brother. Yes. Ones believe there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. Come on now. You are talking the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So oftentimes a one's anger kind of feels like resentment in their body. I know. If things are not done well. Whereas with me, I feel like I'm trying not to be betrayed. I'm trying not to be caught off guard. Okay. I'm trying not to be betrayed. That's really the thing that I fear the most. Yeah. Is that I'm going to let you into my world. Yes. And somehow you're going to betray the trust that I have or the information that I shared with you. Or you're going to use it against me in some kind of way because an eight's biggest thing is we never want to be seen as vulnerable. Mm, Whereas a one never wants to be seen as wrong. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So good, Leslie. So good. Okay. So um, let's talk about anger for a moment because there are um, people that may not be familiar with the Enneagram and they're like, Hey, I don't know what number I am, but I do feel anger about different things, you know? Um, And when it comes to, I guess, you know, we can scroll through social media and get angry on a political post or, uh, you know, things and injustices that are happening in the world. That's a different type of anger than I'm bringing somehow anger into my career or the workplace or even as an entrepreneur, my business. And so Mm. um, what are the benefits of that anger and even the liabilities? How would you how would you see that? Or 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 is it all liabilities and there's no benefit? Oh, goodness. Well, first of all, anger is an emotion just like anyone. It's a God-given emotion, and everything that God has given us, there's a purpose for it. So anger is a protection method. Like, 
you should be righteously angry about certain things. Sure. Um, we discussed off camera a little bit about your sex trafficking work. You should be angry about the fact that there is modern day slavery. Yeah. That is righteous anger. Yep. Um, you, we should be angry about children in cages. Like we should be angry about racism. We should be angry. These things are injustices. Sure. So you feel the emotion of anger. That's yes. a good thing. Yes. It becomes a liability when you find your identity in anger, mm. when that is the only thing I ever feel. And I'm mastered by my anger, mm. meaning everything is filtered through the lens of that emotion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the emotion is, but because I deal with angry women, mm-hmm. I'm speaking specifically about anger, but we shouldn't let any emotion, you know, mm-hmm. Joy could turn into toxic positivity. Right, right, right. Right. Like anything that you're rooting your identity in is going to be problematic if it's an emotion. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the benefits, though, of anger, and I often tell women, I'm not here to make you less angry. That's not my goal. My goal is for you to integrate your anger so that you can yield it with precision as opposed to letting your anger be explosive and you detonate everything around you, you just blow up everything around you. There's Mm -hmm. the difference for me. Mm -hmm. So, because when I'm integrated with my anger, when I give purpose to my anger, Mm -hmm. when I give direction to my anger, Mm -hmm. we can change some stuff. Sure. We can shift some things. Martin Luther King was an angry man, right? Mm -hmm. Some of our biggest social justice things that are birthed, birthed from a place of anger and frustration, right? Yes, yes. Where it becomes problematic is when that anger, number one, is inward. Mm. And you're angry at yourself. Maybe you have some childhood wounding that you're still carrying around that you Mm -hmm. have not worked through. Mm -hmm. So it's showing up as anger. Right. Running a business off of that emotion Mm-hmm. is going to have you a very lonely business owner, first of all. Mm. You will burn through staff like crazy. Oftentimes women come to me and they're like, I want to scale, David, because that's what every podcast says is we got to scale. <laughs> and they're like, I've hired all these people because I no longer should be doing this. I should be only doing CEO level work, David. That's what I'm doing. So I've hired all these people, right? Yeah. But the first time that someone doesn't do things your way, so this comes into your wheelhouse yep, yep, as ones, yep, yep. you're hypercritical. They feel stupid after yeah. interacting with you. Yep, yep. With me, they feel bulldozed, like they can't talk, they're not understood, that I might actually want to take my earrings off and fight them so they're intimidated. Yeah. And with a nine who also lives in the anger triad, they they're kind of sleep to their anger. So they're often passive aggressive. Mm. How will any of those things help you with managing people? They won't. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're not aware of how you show up and how you process your anger, or if you're not processing it, you will never scale because no one will want to work with you mm-hmm. or, and definitely not for you. Yeah. Yep. I have, uh, when I was a pastor, I had about a dozen or so people that were on my staff. And um, that was, you know, 12 years ago. So I was 30. Well, it was between ages 30 and 35. And, um, you know, I was aware of, I'd been doing a lot of therapy, aware of things. 
there's a difference between being aware of your challenges and actually developing the skills to deal with those challenges, you know? And, um, I did the best that I could with the resources that I had, but, uh, you know, I definitely know those people, those people felt pushed, you know, I was always pushing, pushing, pushing. And, um, I found that for me, managing people is tough. You know, it is really tough based on the things that you've talked about. Um, but I've worked really hard on how do I process that disappointment or anger prior to the communication, you know? So I have an assistant right now that is, um, you know, part-time and, and she does a great job. Um, I have a part-time graphic designer on my team, does a great job, but it's, it's work, you know, it is intentional work. And my wife is a kindergarten teacher who is really an oh. expert in the area of social emotional learning and all about regulation of brains and, you know, not, um, not punishment and reward. She does not go down that route. And so, you know, she helps me a lot with our kids. Our kids are 17 and 21. And, um, there's a lot of opportunity to do things not the way dad would love for it to be done, you know, <laughs> and, and processing that it's hard. Yeah. So, so I, I just love everything you're saying. The question that I have is, how do I integrate anger? How does the woman who's listening that does feel that anger, maybe she has identified like, yes, I'm angry and I should be angry, or maybe she's embarrassed by the anger. Who knows? There's anger there, whatever. How does she integrate that? How does she use it as fuel? I know it makes sense in the social justice arena. I get that. But what about in the, like in my career or in my business? How do I do that? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I think is so important, especially for those of us who live in the eight realm, the real outward explosive anger realm, is number one is to become aware <laughs> that there's actually something going on in my body. Angry women, especially those of us who live in the eight realm of things, oftentimes don't feel anything other than anger. Mm. When I first started working with an Enneagram coach, because I've had a therapist for years, but the Enneagram gave me language that therapy could not. Okay. Um, I had a tough time expressing anything else other than I'm angry. If you ask me how I felt about something, I'm angry, but maybe I was really embarrassed. Mm. Um, maybe I was sad. Mm-hmm. But because I didn't realize what I was actually really feeling, mm -hmm. everything was. Sure, sure. So the first thing I would offer to a woman who's trying to integrate her anger is to just become aware of your feelings. And let me tell you, David, this is a really scary place for mm -hmm. those of us who live in the anger triad. Mm -hmm. That quieting down, sitting with a thought we struggle with meditation, right? Like we struggle with anything that is going to make us go inward, mm -hmm. but it is a tool that every human being needs to have. Mm -hmm. And so for an angry woman, you have to become aware of what am I really feeling? So I would offer you some type of quieting practice. Mm -hmm. So that could be breath work. Breath work is much better for me than meditation or stillness. Even just Feeling that emotion and using my breath to regulate helps me tap into what am I really feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the first thing. The second thing is welcome the feeling. 
Don't be at war with how you feel. One of the things that I talk a lot about, whether it's in my physical studio or if it's in a coaching situation, is not judging how you feel. Become curious about how you feel. Mm-hmm. Welcome it. Like, all right, I'm feeling something right now. Mm-hmm. That ticked me off. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and push it. You know, I'm not going to try and push it down. I'm not going to try because David, let me just take a little sidetrack. When I first started trying to grow, I tried to make myself less, less angry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to come into a space because now I'm aware that mm-hmm. my energy is bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come into a space and I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to talk nice first. Person. Just be nice. Yes, I'm going to be nice, David. <laughs> I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be, I'm just going to sit there. And David, I think that got worse reactions than when I spoke because then I was brooding. That's what it felt like to people. Yes, I do that. I do. I do this too. It's so funny. I don't go into a meeting like some meeting, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is the worst staff meeting ever. I'm just gonna be quiet. Just gonna be quiet. Just gonna be quiet. And then people are like, oh, Dave's pissed. He's quiet. <laughs> but that's what happens. You do it naturally. Like, okay, I'm gonna be the opposite of who I am. So I'm just gonna not say anything, and yes. you're brooding. Yeah. And people. Are, so that's not the goal. So we don't want to repress the emotion. We want to welcome it. Sure. Then the next thing I would say is ask about. This is actually an acronym that I learned through being certified through Beth McCord's program. Mm -hmm. It's called AWARE. Okay. And so the next is asking. Why am I responding this way? Mm -hmm. For an eight, I'm always thinking somebody's trying to threaten me. You want to fight, David? Is that what you want? Is that is is that where we're going with this, bro? Is that what we're going to do today? Yeah. Is there a real threat? Did David, by David asking me a question, is there a real threat? I need to ask myself, is David really against me? Because that's another thing. I'm always thinking people are against me, Mm. that people aren't for me, that I've got to defend myself. Ask yourself if what you're saying to yourself is true. Mm -hmm. As humans, we all have a tape recorder that is constantly playing Mm -hmm. a narrative that has been rightly sometimes created through your childhood experience, through your life experience. But I have to challenge that narrative. So is this true? Mm -hmm. And then what messages can I receive from this? Like in that moment, what can I tell myself? David's not, not against me. David doesn't even know me. Mm -hmm. Can I receive that truth? Mm -hmm. Now it could be David really is against me. So now I do need to defend myself. I do need to mm-hmm. fight. I do need to whatever. But oftentimes, it, can I just receive? Yeah, can I just receive it? And then what would it look like if I engaged this situation? Mm-hmm. With some grace? Mm-hmm. With a little bit of patience? Because if I run through those steps, it's going to give that anger a chance to process through my body. Right, right, right. And it's not like a 12-minute process, like I just took to explain, right? Right, This is happening in minutes. Yeah. Wow. And so as you have learned this integration process, how has that impacted your relationships, your uh, either, I don't know if you're married, you know, or have a partner, how did it impact that? How does it impact your business? Tell me some of the results there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I am married by God's grace. I've been married uh, going on 21 years. And I'll share a very quick story. When I was unintegrated in my anger, and this is another thing that is so, this is why this is such worthy work to go down this path, is that my marriage was in shambles, Mm. in shambles. Mm -hmm. Um, My relationship with my daughter, my daughter is now 27 and I have four grandkids. Whoa, you Um, are young. (laughs) Yep. Um, My marriage was just in shambles. It was explosive. Um, Eights also have a bad way of feeling like I don't need people, that people are disposable, um, that people are only, only for my purposes, we're talking about when you're unintegrated. Mm-hmm. Some people would say unhealthy. I don't like the word unhealthy, hmm. um, especially when it comes to emotional and mental health things, um, because I don't think anyone has ever truly arrived. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of how my faith informs what I do. So I use integrated and unintegrated. So when I was unintegrated, um, I felt like I could replace you, David. Anybody's replaceable, including my husband. Mm-hmm. As a man, you can imagine what that made him feel like. And he's a one, by the way. So it made my anger and his resentment was not a fun place in our home. Yeah. And then we're raising a child in this environment as well. So it changed things completely hmm. when I figured out that my husband wasn't against me. That I wasn't in competition with him. Mm -hmm. That my husband could also protect me. I was used to protecting myself. Mm -hmm. Eights typically have. And in the Enneagram world, if you go through a coaching session, we're going to talk about childhood wounding a little bit. Not from a therapeutic standpoint. Like we're not trying to unpack things. It goes back to that awareness thing. Just be aware of when the armor started to build. Mm -hmm. I had built up armor that said, I must protect myself. So even though God had given me a husband to help me, to cover me, Mm -hmm. to shield me, I was like, bro, I don't need that. I'm good. Sure, sure. So you can imagine how the dynamics changed in our relationship when I was like, I don't have to shoulder this burden alone. Hmm. So it changed. I started to let him see the softer, more tender sides of my heart. Mm. I trusted my husband was my heart is what Mm -hmm. I tell people. And it changed everything. God used that vulnerability and honesty, the things that are giftings that I naturally had to change that. Mm. How did it change in my business? I stopped going through employees every five days. (laughs) Um, It Help me to welcome different perspectives. What I subconsciously did before I got into Enneagram work, I started surrounding myself with peacemakers. Ah. Just naturally. I started putting, like the majority of my team, I have 10 staff members. Half of them are nines. Mm. Nines are peacemakers. Nines are like, I can see your side. I can see their side. I can da-da-da-da. I unconsciously had surrounded myself with all these people who would bring some peace to situations who could see both sides of things. Mm -hmm. So when you can recognize that I don't 
have this or I need help in this area and I can hire people to help me. Right. It changed my business. It made it a much more peaceful place. It gave perspective. I could hear different opinions. I could see things that I clearly had blind spots to. Mm -hmm. And I could appreciate people and not see them as dispensable. Mm -hmm. And so once you can recognize, I don't have to always be in control. Matter of fact, things don't always go so well when I am in control. There's humility that happens that's birthed through this process. And that there are people who are smarter than you. There are people who have different perspectives than you. And if you guys, if you as the leader are open to those voices, then you can truly scale. So your ego's got to (laughs) die. You know, humility has to come in. Notice I didn't say your anger had to die. You just got to regulate it. You've got to use it when necessary. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be the most helpful Enneagram book for someone who hasn't gotten into that quite yet? Uh, Yeah, The Road Back to You. Okay. I think that's kind of like the Enneagram Bible. Um, I think it's also very accessible because I don't know how much searching or you know about the Enneagram, but it's deep, man. Like there's some people out there like it's textbook. Sure, sure. So I always try to recommend accessible resources in the road back to you by Ian. I always mispronounce his last name. McCrone. But Ian McCrone, yeah. Yeah. I love Ian too. Like he's so quirky and he's cute and he's funny and he was a Jesuit priest and all this stuff. He's like an interesting guy. Yeah. And his work is really accessible. Awesome. I wanna I wanna integrate this in. Um this question because, you know, I told people this in the introduction, but you own a brick and mortar business for like the last 14 or so years in Chicago called Bombshell Movement. And it is, I'm going to let you describe it because I don't want to say something that's like inappropriate or something like, tell me, what is this business all about? (laughs) Yeah, this is always sticky for men to describe. Um, But I own, I always tell people, I help women reclaim their voice and their power through sensual movement. And so sensual movement incorporates pole dance, mat-based floor work, chair dance, anything that livens up your sense of femininity and makes you feel all good and juicy in your body. And so that is what I do, and I've done that for the last 14 years. Wow. I mean, is like, can I personally take a class? Like, would that be okay? Or like? Not at Bombshell, um, because I am very interested in helping women okay. um, reclaim their voice and their power. But there are some studios, David, that do have male clients. That's just not my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, my I feel, wheelhouse I feel is angry. Definitely- I feel angry about that. Like, that feels like an injustice to me. Like, you're excluding <laughs> men. Like, come on now. Well, like, this feels like reverse what? gender discrimination and you know what in some places and at some point it may be that way um but right now in illinois we are still legally to have women only spaces oh interesting um but the industry is changing so you you are on to something there (laughs) so fascinating and so how you know the obvious question for me because you i do know you have a background in um, Christian ministry and as a follower of Jesus, and yet you started something that represents um, a really 
you know, uh, outside the lines, you know, kind of thing. You know, this is really out there. I mean, you are turning women into strippers is what I'm hearing. Like, that's what you're doing. Are you a stri- are you an angry black stripper? Is that now the question? <laughs> Maybe that's the question. I don't know. Oh, goodness gracious. No. Well, um, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, I know I'm asking like the question that you've answered a million times because a million people have got to ask you this. I'm just curious. No, actually, some people ask. Most people make comments behind closed doors. Um, some people aren't aren't uh, as forthright about it. But here's the first thing that I always tell Christian women, because in ministry circles, and they find out what I do. I tell them what I'm doing or whatever, and I always say, <laughs> "Man was made, woman was formed." If we look at the words in the Hebrew. God picked up some dirt and formed y'all, made y'all, blew in your mouth. You were made, structured. When we look at the Hebrew word for how woman was made, it means fashioned. It's actually the same word that is used when we talk about works of art in the Hebrew language. So God was very wise (laughs) in knowing that he gave woman curves and softness and all of these beautiful things. Sure. So number one, knowing that should release you from any shame around that. Mm. Cause God purposely did this. This was not accidental. Mm-hmm. He fashioned women. So what does it look like to be integrated to your sensuality, which truly means being in your five senses, which is kind of what we talked about. Right, right, right. Already about women being dead into what I'm really feeling. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways, David, for me to get to what you're feeling is through your senses. If I can get you to just slow down and notice what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're smelling, what you're feeling, that is very embodied work. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when that's not accessible to you, you feel handicapped. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going down the church route with this, David, today, because I could in terms of what that has done Mm -hmm. for women, both positively and negatively around Mm -hmm. this work. Mm -hmm. But I want women to be free. Mm -hmm. Not clogged up. So the emotions aren't clogged is what I'm hearing you say. Like they're not like all stuck together. You want them to be able to have this freedom and accessibility to the senses and emotions. Yes. And also to your sexuality. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want you to have that. That liberation comes. And the gospel is one of liberation. It's very in line with my Christian beliefs. Mm -hmm. Women need to feel connected to their senses and live in their bodies. And they need to feel empowered in their sexuality. That is what I hope women do. Do I believe there's a container for it? Yeah. But I've also learned that that's not my decision to make for you. Mm. If you want my opinion on Christ and Christianity and that, I'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. If you don't, I'll rely on the spirit to draw you to himself. Mm -hmm. I don't make those types of judgments. Where I stand is that you need to be alive in your body. You need to own your sexuality because in that is some power. 
Now, I believe in order for it to be effective, you need Jesus. <laughs> but that's me. Sure, sure. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. So I feel no conflict at all. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I go to a traditional 100-year-old Black Baptist church. So we have church mothers. We have the whole nine. And let me tell you something, David. If those 80 and 90-year-old Black women can embrace me and love me and be okay with what I can do, what I do. Sure, sure. I don't care what the world thinks. I, I've won. But are they I've up won. on? But are they up on the poll? That's my question. Are they up on the? A poll? couple have come. A couple have come. I love it. I love it. Ah, Leslie, thank you so much for just your oh, you. honesty and your authenticity about sharing your own, you know, journey and this whole idea with anger. Um, I feel. Uh, great. You know, just hearing your perspective, I feel like, oh man, she gets me. I get her. This is just, you know, beautiful. And so I want to point people toward two locations. One, if you are in the Chicago area, you do own a, um, business exercise, exercise, sex exercise. Oh, look at that. I just made that up. I'm sure I didn't make that up. All right bombshellmovement.com where you can take classes, which is great. You're now open. And then also we want to point people toward your website, lesliedlyons.com, which the spelling of that will be in the show notes. If you're on your phone, you can just swipe up and click the link. You can download a free download called Grit and Grace Leading with the Enneagram, a leadership course for entrepreneurial women who want to lead with their heart and head. So if you want to go deeper into what Leslie's been talking about today, you can go to her website, lesliedlyons.com and download that and begin a conversation with her. And so you also do coaching for businesses. Um, obviously, you don't do that just in Chicago, anywhere you can reach people around the globe. Um, so if somebody has a desire to connect with you, we want to get them over to your website. So Leslie. You know what I, I want to say, David, on that, yeah. if I could? Yeah, of course. Just so that to clarify who it is, I coach entrepreneurial women only. Sorry, guys, again. Yeah. Um, and specifically what you kind of led into naturally, the framework that I teach around leadership, part of it is the Enneagram because mm -hmm. we do need to understand not only what we do, but why we do it. Mm -hmm. The Enneagram is a great tool for that. The second part of it is a pleasure piece to it. There is a sensual movement piece to it. There is some pleasure rituals to it because I am trying to get you to trust your own voice, your own leading, your own intuition by mm -hmm. going through that process. So there is a pleasure component. Okay. And then we talk about building a culture, the scaling thing. Now that I know who I am, now that I have some practices that give me joy, pleasure, accessibility in my life, how do I build a culture that flourish, flourishes? And how do we present to the market a product that transforms? Okay. So that is where the sales conversation comes in. So that's the framework. I love it. I love it. I'm making up a new Gmail with a female Danielle Trotter so I can get access to this. Danielle Trotter at gmail.com. If you see it come through, it might be me, Leslie. It might be me. <laughs> thank you so much, Leslie. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for your time. It was so great sitting down with you. I really do appreciate you. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're gonna grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode 
and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. Mm